The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin, has joined me. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Pat. We want to talk about taste. Not taste in politics or art or culture, but actual, the sense the, of taste. The, the sense of taste, yeah. Because it's a funny one, isn't it? Now, we all know about taste, don't we? You've got the, you've got the five, as you know, about salt, salty, sweet, sour, bitter, and umami. That's the fifth one. You might not have heard of that one. No. They're the five tastes that we pick up on our tongues, obviously. You know. And then flavour is different. Flavour is the sense of smell combined with taste, and that's when you get a flavour. Because you know they say that you can put a clothes peg on your nose and eat an onion and you'll think you could be told you're eating an apple. Yeah, it's a great thing to do for kids, actually. If you pinch their noses and give them mint, they yeah. can't smell the, t- sense the mint at all unless you open their nose. And suddenly the mint is now detectable. Wow. You know, so it's a combination of your, your nose and your, and your tongue operating together. Now, the, the question of what people taste, it's a bit like I've often thought I stop at a red traffic light and I know I will always stop at red. But I don't know that the other motorist is seeing red as I see it. That He could be seeing blue. He could. But yeah. as long as we all agree to call the top light and the traffic lights red, so yeah. be it. So you know do are, we know yeah. what people are tasting? We do. Well, the, big, the, the reason why this is interesting, the, the big one at the moment is coriander. Now, some people hate coriander, maybe as much as 20% of people. When they taste coriander, it tastes like soap. They say sudsy type of flavour. Really? Whereas the rest of it, I like coriander, but yeah, I like coriander. Yeah. It's purely genetic. They did a study with 24,000 people, which is a huge number. We love seeing big numbers in these studies. Some loved coriander, some didn't. And the ones that didn't like it, they had a variant in a gene called OR6A2. Now, OR6A2 is actually in your nose, and it picks up things called aldehydes. And coriander has aldehydes. If you've got a different version of that, it's too strong. Oh, I don't like, I don't like the, uh, the, the sensation that coriander is creating. So now we know why some people love coriander and some don't. Yeah. Now, we can't apply the same thing to Brussels sprouts. I well, no, we can't. We, we never know. You never know. Because yeah. there's aldehydes in sprouts and in broccoli as well. And maybe that's so part of the reason. So it's just not people being fussy or not no. developing a, a taste for it. They are genetically genetic. predisposed not to like this that's stuff. That's right. And the, the question is why. And in some parts of the world, like in India, there's a very low incidence of people not liking coriander. And of course, they use coriander a lot more in India than other places. And maybe those people got selected through evolution. That could yeah. have been a key nutrient source. And if you liked it, you're more likely to survive. And then you see, you see a higher percent of people liking coriander than, than other places. Now, you were saying there that the whole flavour of something is a combination of the taste buds and the aroma going in through your nose. But what is the mechanism for tasting? Yeah, well, we've we taste buds, obviously, on our tongues. They're called papillae. And the taste buds are the place where we've got detect little sensors, amazingly. And there's a hun- probably 100 different sensors, actually, for different chemicals. And it's the combination of the chemicals that give you that sense of taste. And then your nose, very similarly, again, there's all these sensors. And a woman called Linda Buck, actually, won the Nobel Prize for discovering these. And they sense the chemicals, basically. And there's a lot more in your nose than in your tongue. So you're sensing chemicals in the food, really. And it's through these little sensors and triggering... You know, it's your brain and that sensation that gets triggered. Now, now, presumably there's an evolutionary reason for all of this. I mean, if you just want food as fuel, you just take something that's edible. It gives you protein. It gives you uh, your carbs and on you and your fats and on you go. Yeah. But there must be an evolutionary reason why we are able to discern. Exactly. We need sweet stuff, don't glucose and sugars are in in our diet, for example. Hence, we like that sensation. You know, umami is an important one, Pat. That picks up amino acids, glutamate. 
and aspartate are being sensed by in this uh, umami. It's called umami. And like MSG in, in, in Chinese food is full of monosodium glutamate. And that's enhancing that umami sense. You know? Now, they're in proteins. And again, we're driven to eat proteins in our diet. So a big reason is this stuff is needed nutritionally. And then the sour and bitter one, that's inclined to be in food that's gone off. And of course, we find an aversion to that. It might might be infected with bacteria. So in other words, avoid that because it doesn't taste nice. So the reason for sourness and bitterness is probably tied into a food that's gone off or indeed poisons in the food or whatever we're eating. Again, that's through the sour, bitter process. So it looks like we evolved very elaborate ways of sensing the stuff we're Mm. eating, basically. So bitter almonds, cyanide. Cyanide, exactly. (laughs) That's a good one, Pat, precisely. Now, of course, we do like a bit of bitterness and sourness. So it's not as if uh, we're totally averse to it. But if it's a high level of it, no, we wouldn't like it, you know, and then we, we, don't, we don't eat that particular food stuff in case it might harm us. Okay, so in theory, something that smells a bit off, you're not supposed to like, you're yeah. supposed to, what about blue cheese? Oh, well, that's the next one. <laughs> the, the, the great one is acquired taste, which is interesting. You can actually acclimatise yourself to liking things, and coriander is an example, even if you don't like it initially. You can gradually build up a sort of a desensitisation to it. Or know? an American who's been here for a couple of years drinking pints of Guinness. Well, exactly. They yeah, turn yeah. up their noses. I, I, I used to see them when they would visit the old Guinness brewery before they, they built the, the tourist attraction and they'd be given a free half pint of Guinness. Yeah. And they take a sip. And they squirm. And they just leave it behind them. It is an acquired taste. I go for children, remember, who don't like broccoli. Yeah. You can actually acclimatise them bit by bit if you if you want to right, sort of fight that battle with them. You know, so there's ways to overcome some of these aversions. Now, what's well. a super taster? Yeah, again, studies have shown that some people are fantastically good at tasting things, and there may be one percent or not many people are super tasters, obviously. And then the big question is why is that? They've ramped up some of these sensors in their tongues and in their nose, and now they can taste less amounts of the stuff that's causing the sensation than other people. So there are people out there who are hypersensitive to certain tastes and smells. Now, what prompted this is the the talk we've been having about COVID-19 and the lasting effect for some of a loss of taste and smell. It is great science here, Pat, as well. Again, a recent discovery. Now, as we remember, some people lost their sense of taste when they were infected with COVID-19. And now we know why. It infects your tongue. That's the first thing. There's receptors for the virus called ACE2 in your lungs, for example. We knew that at the start of this. There's ACE2 in your, in your taste buds. So the virus can get into your taste buds. And then what it does there, it kills them. And that's why you begin to lose your sense of taste. And especially what I call the stem cells. You keep turning over your taste buds all the time. Yeah. And they can become replenished by these stem cells. They get targeted by the virus. So again, just dumb luck in a way that virus can infect so, so taste buds. So your mouth is constantly renewing itself. I mean, uh, something in the mouth will heal much more quickly perhaps than something on your arm. Yeah, that's um, very true. So, yeah. And the same is true of the eye, I believe. It, it heals very quickly. Anyone yeah. who's had laser surgery will be told within 24 hours your eye is back up and running yeah. as, as it was before. So the virus gets in, kills these things yep. in your tongue, but more than that, it goes at the, ta- at the stem cells at the stem that would cells, be the exactly factory for that. renewal. And what was striking was that the recent study shows one and a half years after you're negative for the virus in your body, you can still detect virus in the tongue. So it persists in the tongue. For some, but not everybody. And obviously your immune response is trying to stop this. And you've got a great immune response. This won't happen to you. But a subset of people, again, for probably genetic reasons, it gets into your tongue and kind of stays there. So a year and a half on, you can still detect some virus in that part of your body, which is a striking finding, really. Now, the good news is, Pat, most people recover. So eventually the tongue restores itself and the sense of taste comes back. Yeah. So it's not as if you're going to lose I wonder, your sense of taste for, you, forever. You know the way when some people get chemo and, and they lose their hair and they might have had uh, straight brunette hair 
and they grow back as a redhead or, you know, yeah. I wonder, do your taste buds come back exactly as they were? That's a great, great question. Maybe you develop an aversion to coriander. You never, this kind of thing might happen. <laughs> you know, I don't know about that. I haven't studied that exactly. But, but it's important, Pat, for how viruses affect our bodies. I mean, this is, has a more, even though losing your taste isn't the worst thing in the world, it tells us something about this virus and where it can get to and the kinds of things it can do. So it's know? an insidious little so-and-so. Very insidious, exactly, yeah. Um, you can lose your taste, though, for other things besides viruses. You can, well, you see, this is, the more again, an important part. Some people lose their taste because they're on chemo. Or lithium, that drug, Pat, which is given mm-hmm. for, for um, severe dep- manic depression, for instance, that can affect your taste buds as well. And the question is, can we help those people? And the good news is, Pat, we can. And lemon turns out to be a great stimulant. Now, now we know this from what we eat, the, the, the flavour enhancement, yeah. we call this. You know, it turns out lemon juice gets the taste buds going. So if you take a bit of lemon, I mean, I know sometimes you have lemon sorbet between courses. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Get the taste buds going and then you enjoy the flavours. So the it's not just much posh. More. It's there not just a reason. posh, yeah. yeah. So lemon is a great one uh, to use. Uh, the second one is if you keep your mouth, it's partly to do with moisture, by the way, because saliva helps the taste buds. Take plenty of water when you're eating is the second one they're recommending. And ginger, another two ingredients, ginger is a great one as well, and vinegar. That They can kind of stimulate the taste buds and help you taste it. Now, uh, some of the texts coming in, um, I had COVID a year and a half ago. I have no sense of smell, can't smell food or perfume or even bleach. Any chance it'll ever come back. Uh, just to add an update, I hated cucumber because of the smell, but I can eat it now. Well, there you have, that's the benefit. <laughs> well, as I was saying, again, they're studying all these, these people, you see, it's great. It does come back and most people, might, it might take a year and a half. Strangely, why would it take a year and a half? That, that's the other mystery. But over time, eventually the taste buds recover and then you, and then, then you can restore mm. your sense again. This one here, I never liked coriander. When I got a, a DNA sequencing uh, from 23andMe, it said I had a gene that determines that I taste coriander differently. That's a it. soapy taste. Now that is exactly it. And I'll give you the gene again. That is OR6A2. I bet you that person is carrying that variant of that gene. And it's more mm. an odorant receptor in your nose more than your mouth, it turns out. Uh, I believe people confuse bitter and sour. They do. Yeah, there's a subtle difference between them. And again, there's different receptors, to be honest. So, so the bitter taste is going through what are called GPCRs. The sour is more to do with the acidic component. There's a subtle difference between those two, it turns out. Uh, can you smell, a, why can you smell asparagus in urine? Oh, that's another good question. Yeah, again, there's chemicals in asparagus that end up in your urine. In other words, you don't fully digest it. And some of those chemicals end up in the urine and hence there's a trace of those left behind, I guess. Mm. I, I lost my taste through COVID for about 16 months, came back, but sometimes goes again. Any tip from the doc? The prof- professor. The oh, there prof, you have it. There you have it. Uh, yeah. To help Mark in Dublin 13. Well, it's really good because it is a, obviously it's a horrible thing to do. Just have to taste, but you can't enjoy food as much, you know. And as I'm saying, things like lemon, vinegar, and ginger can get the taste that's going if, if you've lost your sense of taste. So I'd recommend trying those. Another, another quick one is texture. If you eat different textures, like the crunchy or stringy, that can help the taste sensation as well. Uh, so the, the good news is that eventually, for most people, yeah, it comes the taste back. will come back. Exactly. Yes. And in the yeah, meantime, the little lemon juice, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, vinegar, yeah, should help. stimulants That's should, exactly should help. Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.